award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. We've got a great show for you today. We are at the Bartlett Range in Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, excited to have Mr. Sam Murray with us and Miss Amy Snyder Spencer is also co-hosting with me today. So we're going to be <laughs> chatting about some history. We are going to take a stroll down memory lane. That's what we're going to do. Sam is the, uh, the the man here at the range. He runs the range, takes care of everything happening here. And uh, his dad is pretty famous for uh, with Tennessee Wildlife Resources. You know, not many kids get to grow up like Sam grew up with the dad that was responsible for basically restocking turkey and deer in Tennessee. He came in in one of the best times and Sam was a kid growing up in that environment. We've got some great stories we're gonna share and this is, and we got some great photos, y'all. Yeah, great photos. we're gonna show some photos and all kinds of good stuff. Jack Murray is who we're talking about. And uh, he also went by Grizz and Old Jake. Is that right? And Mr. Turkey for a while. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Turkey. Turkey. And when I came in in 2000, <laughs> he was he was the turkey guy. I mean, that's that's this is the turkey guy. That's how he was introduced when, mm -hmm. when I met him. And uh, and this is how I remember him. Not as one of these early photos that we that you've dug up, but this is how I remember him. And this is when you called him Grizz. Right, right. It's uh, we always said he was born 200 years too late because he was really big into the mountain man stuff and anything that loaded from the front end of the gun was his kind of thing. That's cool. That's neat. Uh, we've got another photo over here, and this is more of the iconic type of thing you would see probably with him is releasing a turkey. Uh, that's what he's known for mostly with the agency is releasing those turkeys. And that's pretty cool to know he's he was a major part in that. And this is him right here. And uh, one of the things, we've had uh, quite a few retirements in Region 1 in West Tennessee, and one of the things that was the most common trend with the ones that just retired was their favorite thing in the agency was trapping and releasing turkeys, restocking turkeys. Yep. So, Sam, tell us what it was like. What's it, what's it, what was it like growing up with a dad that worked with the agency and, and, and had his hand in so many things? Well, it's kind of odd because me growing up, I thought everybody's family was kind of like this. Everybody had wild turkeys and wild deer in their backyard that we raised and, and released because, you know, when we got the call as an agency officer, or we try to send them to a rehab center. Well, my dad was basically the rehab at the time. Mm -hmm. Didn't have anybody set up. So I got the privilege of raising deer and then later on, or even as a kid, going with him doing all the deer surveys and collections and doing the trapping and releasing. And I just thought that was part of normal life. So everybody else, I guess, got to miss out on what I got to enjoy as a child. Mm-hmm. And he started working for the agency when? When did he start out? Well, it's kind of hard to really get that out of him. Uh, I know that he he said he did some stream survey work when he was in college. So he was also a fish head. <laughs> well, something like that. He, uh, he was the manager of Old Hickory Lake for a little while. Okay. And then he got in as a biologist and took over the uh, deer and turkey restoration work. Him and uh, Joe Farrar and Ed Penrod, and those were the early guys in that, that group. And the back back in that day, it was the Tennessee Game and Fish. Exactly. And then what seventy four, I think it was, we became Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency, something like that. So anyway, so he he got the opportunity to work for 
for uh, the two titles. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's why Sam has some great memorabilia. <laughs> I got to say, Sam and I both collect uh, old TWRA and old Tennessee Game and Fish. Uh, my grandfather what, used to work for Tennessee Game and Fish. So I didn't know anyway, that. yeah, he was an officer for a few short time, for a very okay. short time. But anyway, so Sam and I are constantly always showing each other stuff that we pick up. So anyway, but yeah, he's got some cool memorabilia. We might touch on that here in a minute. Um, so your dad was part of the two most successful big game restoration projects in Tennessee deer. That restoration project took over 45 years 9,000 deer were released in the state and uh, what a lot of people don't realize I mean we look at all the deer that we have in Tennessee now but in the early 30s the statewide deer population was less than 500 and the hunting was prohibited um, and some interesting stats from when your dad came in in 1970 because he took over the deer and the turkey program and uh, in 71 6,567 deer were killed in 78, we had released 300 deer. And then in 81, the deer harvest is 26,738. And we bump up in 87 to 90,376. And some of the last data I got from when your dad was working was 95. The deer harvest was 138,000. That's pretty impressive just to see the deer population increase then. So tell us about some of that. We got a great picture of your dad here on top of a box releasing a, a deer. We were trying to figure out what year that was. Yeah, yeah that's going to be the late 60s. The license plate, you can't really zoom in, but you think that's from 1965, right around that time. So, And I think I still got that cowboy hat somewhere back home and that flashlight that he's holding. So it's uh, some of the memorabilia. Some still might call you a pack house. rat, but that's pretty well, cool he, that you he, still got that. He definitely was a pack rat. If you're if you're listening, you got to go watch this show and yeah. check out some of these photos that we're showing. Because there really are some great pictures here. And the memorabilia that we've got here to show. It's pretty cool to see um, some of this stuff. So, and That picture may have been from when they were releasing the deer up there on Fort Campbell because that was one of the first places they started doing that work, that and Cheatham. So and use that for restocking around the other places around the state. I just realized when we saw this picture a little bit blown up on his screen, that's actually a buck that we're turning loose. That's right. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Hmm. So so that was going to be one of my questions. Was it Where were most of these deer released initially? You said Cheatham. And Cheatham, they had a, a large farm fenced-in area that they were stocking those deer, hopefully breeding uh, raising a breeding population so they could use those for restocking in other areas. And that's that's basically the same process they used with the turkeys because initially they started using pen-raised turkeys and those didn't have a very good survival rate. Mm. And then they finally figured out they bring in wild birds. They're used to everything out there trying to eat them and they survived a whole lot better. And then the whole process of life trapping and relocating really started. It took off late 60s and when my dad started running the program. Okay, and then where, where'd y'all grow up? Where you um, did he live in Middle Tennessee? Is that where our family moved to Williamson County in 1780? Okay, so wow. we've been had roots in Middle Tennessee the whole time, and basically we still got Murray's living there. Hopefully, I can move back eventually. But right now, I'm still in Memphis trying to do my thing down here, and when I retire, maybe get back home. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the things that he pointed out at the end of his career about stocking turkeys is he made sure that Williamson County was the last county that he stocked birds in because he wanted to make sure nobody ever said that he was playing favorites on where birds were released. He wanted to make sure everybody else got them before he got them. 
Awesome. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Growing up, I didn't, I mean, and I'm 34. I haven't seen, I didn't see many turkeys growing up in East Tennessee, but they've increased over time. And I was surprised, you know, not to see those. When I come to Middle Tennessee, I've seen a whole lot more turkeys. But, uh, you know, it's. They, well, at one time, you know, we were talking about the deer stats. We'll do some turkey stats real quick. At one time, there were only birds in 18 of the 95 counties. Mm -hmm. And from 1939 to 51, turkey hunting was closed in Tennessee. Um, while your dad was here, over 10,000 birds re were released across the state. And in 1990, your dad and the agency employees trapped a record of 635 turkeys and relocated to 37 different sites in 26 different counties. And that was more birds stocked in one year than were trapped and moved from 1951 to 1974. But interesting on some stats with your dad is in 71, the turkey harvest is 220. Um, in 87, the turkey... Uh, 91. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, no, actually, that was 91. The record was 191 trapped and relocated. Mm -hmm. Then 87, the turkey harvest is 1992. And in 1995, the harvest soars to 11,000 birds. That's a big jump. I was reading one of his uh, reports that he wrote. He's telling about how when he was in charge of the program, they set records almost mm -hmm. every year for increasing the harvest. And he had one stat where it was 11 out of the last 15 years they set a new record. And when he retired, he'd set records just about every year that he was in charge of it. It's interesting you were talking about the pin-reared birds versus the wild birds. I, I was going through some of our old magazines and found some articles that your dad had wrote. And, and that's in there quite a bit, that what had failed in the early years and then what was successful in the later years. Uh, and that was the wild birds. So that that's pretty cool. Um, and speaking of cool, you were telling a great story about a turkey earlier. You got to tell that story, <laughs> Tom. You got to talk about Tom. Tom the turkey. Well, one of the one of the birds my dad brought home. It hatched it out. It was a wild bird, or from the wild bird, and raised it. And we named it Tom before we knew what sex it was, and it turned out to be a hen. And what was great about Tom is it just followed us around the backyard, would talk to us. It thought it was human and just followed us around everywhere we went. But when we'd come home from hunting, we'd have stick tights all over our pants, and it'd come over there and pick all the stick tights off our pants and eat them or follow us around. We'd stick our arm out. It'd jump up and sit on your arm. And basically, that's how I learned how to talk turkey. Um, statement was about learning diaphragm calls mm -hmm. i had a diaphragm call in my mouth basically when they first came out and making all the squawks and racket and everything else i think the first bird I ever called up was a great blue heron but you know, <laughs> i finally learned how to do it and got better at it so you were telling another story you were telling before we started rolling tape was uh, that there was a bird you were in some competitions at the uh was federation competition early uh twra meetings about turkeys we had one in jackson tennessee and they'd always have these turkey calling contests okay. and i would enter those as, as a kid and they had a live bird in the cage in the back of the hall and while we were doing the competition every once in a while it would gobble and so of course that kid won but you know <laughs> <laughs> so you know if you were doing it right or not yeah figured out if you were making the right sounds if the bird reacted mm-hmm so tell us, uh, we're going to flip through some photos here, and we can describe them, but you're standing here, is this you in the in the blue shirt? That is I. Um, okay. That would have to be probably 76 or or 
after. Um, can't see what the license plate is, but that was a 1975 Blazer. Yeah. Standing in front of the Chevy Blazers, two deer hanging there. Tell us, tell us about some of the stories of hunting with your dad and and being in the outdoors with you know at this at this age and even older. Oh, we'll that flip it, through some of these. I, I was his bird dog for many many years. Every time he went out dove hunting, that's where I, I was the one that had to go get the bird. And then uh, did he ever pinch you? No, he never. He never. <laughs> he never had to do the the training. He didn't but, force fetch you. <laughs> yeah, didn't force fetch me. I was I wasn't rough on the birds. I had a soft mouth. Um, <laughs> but uh, later on, deer hunting, he he'd sit me out there, and our first deer hunt, we went out on some public land and went walking up the ridge, and I was like, I hear something, I hear something, and he's like, Well, let's get up here to the saddle, and finally. That little button buck walked out in front of me at 10 years old, and I leveled off and, and got him. And uh, following that, we had to drag it back. He says, now, son, one of the most important things you got to remember is always shoot the deer when he's facing towards the truck. That way he runs back towards the truck. You don't have to drag it so far. So, you know, that's always been a life lesson. Try to get the deer close to the logging road so you can get to it easy. Don't there have to go. drag. <laughs> this photo here. Uh, that's a nice deer uh, on the back of the Toyota there, and uh, that's that's your brother, I guess. Or you? That's my father on the left, my brother, myself, and then my uncle. Okay. Uh, Tell us about that deer. That's a nice one. Looks like it was 1998, according to the photo. It was. Uh, that was out of uh, Humphreys County, at least we had out there for many, many years. And my brother saw that deer the year before, uh, the day before. And I went out there and set up in one of the saddles and shot it the next day. So, you know, brother wasn't happy yeah. that I intercepted uh, <laughs> his deer, but, you know, it's how hunting goes. And there's there's your dad on the left there. I guess that was his grizz phase. Exactly. With the That's, beard. Uh, he, he started growing that deer, uh, that beard in the uh, mid-'80s, I guess it was. And there's the old four Bronco. Yeah, and the Bronco twos, man. Yeah, that was uh, actually <laughs> had one. returning from a dove hunt or getting ready to go on a dove hunt. So my brother, uh, myself, that's my grandfather, is sitting there before in front of the tire, dad in the back with the Grizz apparel on, and uh, my little sister. So she got the bird dog duties once uh, I got go. big enough to hold a when gun. When you graduated up. <laughs> yeah. Well, this looks like a fun trip. Bow hunting. That was my first deer with a bow. I was 12 years old at, at that time, and... Uh, what was funny is I was walking back towards the truck and I looked down this other logging road and there's the deer standing in the road. So I level off and launch the arrow and get it and drag it back to the truck. And of course, my brother comes back, me and the big brother typically see anything. Yeah. And making fun of me because he didn't think I could hunt. Says, well, my, there's my deer right there. Where's yours? <laughs> <laughs> the old sibling arguments as you're hunting. Yeah, we've had a few of those. Wow. Here's another one. Uh... Looks like you got on some scales there or something. Of course, you know, being the biologist, biologist everything we had got weighed and got jawbone uh, checked, so we knew exact age, weight, and and everything else to go with it. That's something that you're seeing throughout these photos. It's a family affair, you yes. know. It's a everybody wants to get your picture made with the deer, and it seems like you still see that these days, you yeah. know. Oh yeah, we did it with our sister. <laughs> mm -hmm. Go get in the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to do that. All right, let's see what else we got here. Another turkey? That was my first turkey. That was actually shot down here at Shelby Forest. Okay. Had a juvenile hunt, and I think I was 11 years old at the time. And uh, this was the only place, really, that had birds. 
when I was growing up, my dad would always take off turkey season and go up to LBL and set up camp and stay there the whole month. And, mm. you know, he'd come pick me up on Friday after school and I'd go spend the weekend up there turkey hunting LBL, then come back home for school on the next Monday. And that's like a, uh, that looks like a fun hunt right there. Dan Murray and Sam and Jack. An eight point and a six point on Thanksgiving. Or no, opening oh, day dang. in Dixon. Yep, that's a, another one that I didn't get to go on. wasn't quite old enough yet, but uh, <laughs> they had a good time. <laughs> yeah. Without me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. So, um, what else we got here? Jack was one of the first, uh, one of the first two inductees in the Tennessee Turkey Hall of Fame. Tell us about that. What was it like to see your dad inducted? Turkey Hunters Hall of Fame. Turkey, yeah. Turkey, Turkey Hunters, Hunters Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah he. Uh, I can't remember who was the other person. Oh, I don't mm. remember when I looked it up. I, I remember going to the website, and I was hoping there was uh, some sort of biography or something, and there wasn't anything there, right. but there was two names. Well, he uh, got that award, of course, for being part of the, the stocking of the birds, and he was also on the technical committee for the National Wild Turkey Federation from basically day he was founded. Um, what they did at that point is everybody that was in charge of the turkey programs for each state, they were on the technical committee board for the NWTF. Mm -hmm. So he was part of the national program as well as being the state program. He gave advice and, and direction to that organization. And back when that was first starting, every time they had the convention in uh, Nashville, Rob Keck used to spend the night at our house and because it was before they actually had the funding where they could even afford to have a hotel room for the director of the NWTF. <laughs> um, this picture here, your dad's uh, standing here with a, a $300 reward sign. Uh, were there problems during there this were, time when we were releasing this stuff? There were a lot of poaching problems because you've got to remember when we started stocking in different counties, we would close that county to turkey hunting. Okay. So it would give birds a chance to populate and build it up and after the population got high enough then they'd open up the counties county by county and uh, in his presentations he used to have maps showing when the birds were stocked and when that county would open how many years it would be basically and going across the state opening county by county once the populations got huntable mm -hmm. cool Actually, one of our quotes uh, from one of our news releases years ago that said, if you hunt wild turkeys in Tennessee, Jack Murray deserves your gratitude for bringing the wild turkeys back. Um, that was at the time from the National Wild Turkey Federation Senior Vice President. And he said, Murray's dedication to the wild turkey is an example of why Tennessee enjoys great turkey hunting and will continue to do so in the future. So for your dad being instrumental in that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And he said he was respected by law enforcement because and his presentations to the commission members right here in this little press release. <laughs> so tell us about your dad on the on the collector side, and I think you've taken up, uh, you know, yeah, part of that yeah. uh, as well. You love to collect. I'd like to see and hear about some of the stuff you have and, and just uh, what your dad collected and what he got into. Well, anything that had fur on it or anything that was related to muzzleloading, he was a collector of. Um Anything old and rusty with it had a place in our yard. Uh, but uh, after he passed away, we were going through the house and I found shoe boxes full of 
old memorabilia, all the hunting guides from basically when he started mm. coming forward. So 1970 to 2005, he had every hunting guide. And again, a lot of the annual reports, and I still haven't gone through all the stuff around the house. Wow. So what's, what's this right here? That's a 1930 hunting license for the state of Tennessee. It's a county license. So is that how it was broken up? I guess you, you bought a license right. per you county could, uh, by county? These are some other ones. You can look at it. This is McNary County. Yeah, these are some of the old paper ones. And this yeah. was 1931 to 1932. And here's 30 to 31. And then uh, another one of your county. And then later we went to uh, stamps. Mm -hmm. We went to like a big game stamp, a deer stamp, a bear stamp. And uh, then, of course, you've got some of the old law enforcement books over there. And then you have some of the, the guides. And if you look in here at the hunting guide. Yeah, wow, look seasons. at that hunting guide. Look how small it is. Yeah, compared to our hunting guide. Now, this is, a, let's look simple. at this. Don't this is 11 it. pages. Our, what's our guide this year? <laughs> a bunch. But, yeah. Well, I think it's the funniest thing about that is when you look at what the license costs were. Yeah. You had a, your resident hunting license for two, was $2. Yeah, wow. resident trapping was $2. Non-resident was 5 Yeah. But uh, and Sam is always sharing this memorabilia, and it's great because we love this and the old law books. And then, of course, we were just talking earlier. What did we say? We're, we're getting bid, don't get in bid wars on eBay together. So, <laughs> yeah. I, what what makes this stuff so uh, so prized to have, and and uh, what what excites you about collecting this kind of stuff? Well, for me, it's seeing the history and the growth of the wildlife population. So you can look at. You know, back here in 1940 when they closed down the hunting season for deer so that they could restock the deer in Tennessee and how they were buying the deer and bringing them in, importing from other places so that they could grow the population. And then you go and you look at the harvest numbers for the deer, such as, you know, 1963, 64. You go in here and it shows where the season was closed down all the way till 1960 in this restoration area project. And then you see where they started building the numbers, numbers harvest. Of course, these numbers are just in that area, and they had it divided up as far as numbers harvested on public land, numbers harvested on wildlife management areas, and during that time period, the management area harvest was three to ten times more than what was harvested on public land. Mm -hmm. And I was looking on one of these years, it was showing one deer was killed in Fayette County. Wow. So you look at what was killed in Fayette County last year compared to that year. It's it's amazing how much the population has grown and how much our agency has done for mm -hmm. wildlife restoration. And people don't realize if it wasn't for the hunters, we wouldn't have this wildlife because the hunters paid the money for the biologists. They paid the money so that we could import these deer, right. pay for all the restocking. So right. hunters play a, a major role in wildlife populations and restoration yep that's true and amy you got something you wanted to share yeah that I, you came when i was going through all this and, and reading some of the articles your dad wrote something that struck struck me here is uh your dad talks about restocking his home county and that uh, the encounters that took place within 15 miles of uh for five generations of murray were born and raised and then i'm going to just quote this right out of our magazine uh, this was where you had harvested a, dad, a, a turkey with your dad in 1996 and a family friend. And your dad goes on to say this was the first wild turkey or that, excuse me, he had taken. You both had harvested one that morning. Uh, 
All right, this was the first wild turkey I had taken in my county after all the years I'd spent working restoring wild turkeys across the state. The fact that my youngest son, Sam, was able to be there and harvest a gobbler too made it even more special. I thought back to a talk I'd had with my grandfather in 1976, shortly before he died at the age of 92. Since he had been raised on a farm and was outside most of the time, I asked him about deer and wild turkey and now hunting when he was growing up. He told me that he had never seen a turkey in the county and that he didn't hunt much because there wasn't much to hunt, but he wished that he had been able to do more. Your father goes on to say, your father says, my father was also raised on a farm here. He had never had the opportunity to hunt deer or turkey when he was growing up either. My children are fortunate to be living at a time when big game populations are at a level that allows everyone the opportunity to enjoy observing and or hunting them without endangering the population. This is an opportunity that my father and grandfather never had a chance to enjoy, and that's a pity. But because of your dad, myself and you and our kids mm -hmm. all get to enjoy the populations that we have in Tennessee today. I just think that's a great little... It's pretty cool. It's special. It's not just my dad. Well, there was a whole lot of help with the rest of the agency doing all this work. But, uh, you know, being at the head of it, making those decisions and working with other biologists on making these decisions, it was a... It was a great job that he did with the agency and the other members of the agency to do all that to get the populations where they were. Oh, you found it. Yeah, I found the map. Let's let's if we could get this right here. This was a map in what year was this? 1953. 1953, and this shows the deer that were harvested across the state. Uh, since we're in West Tennessee, there was one in Lauderdale, 12 in Shelby, one in Fayette, and one in Hardin. And then as you look at the map, the majority are in East Tennessee where we still had the populations that were where we were hunting and that's all public land so you had 366 deer for the whole state Sorry. that was killed in public land uh, now if you go and look at the management areas there was 1300 killed on all the management areas but again most of those were in east tennessee and and i wish we had some numbers right here uh, are you going to read the the report that he wrote on his dad when he was in second grade <laughs> we're going to close out we may with have that. to let him read it <laughs> Yeah, you've got That'd to read cool. this. This is you need to read the report. Sam wrote a report on his dad when he was in the second grade, and uh, we're gonna make Sam read it right. <laughs> <laughs> my father, the person I admire, I most admire, is my father. He is a wildlife biologist and works for the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency as a turkey biologist. He is a quiet man, but he is smart. He is just about like me. He didn't do well in school either, but he liked to read. Therefore, he did well on tests and made it through school pretty well. But I, like, but I like him most because he is an outdoor type. My father is a real hunter. He hunts everything like deer, turkey, wild boar, elk, dove, pheasants, ducks, and more. But I guess the thing I like most about him is that he is my father. That's, that's pretty, awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And you got a pretty good grade on that one. Yeah. Well, considering, Minus you know, the mistakes. Considering I couldn't spell anything at the time, and I like using capitals on everything. It was important to me. I yeah. think it should be capitalized. Right? Capitalize what's important, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, Sam, it's been great uh, just kind of reminiscing and learning about some of this stuff. And, and please, and if you're back. listening to this, please go look at some of the pictures online because it, it is a great walk down memory lane. Yeah, yeah. It's been fun. Uh, Sam, thanks for having us. and Thank you. Uh, Amy, thanks for setting this up. It's been fun. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. Come on back and, and uh, check out other episodes. Uh, tune in on the radio, on uh, iTunes, or, or watch on Facebook and YouTube. We're out there everywhere trying to get this message out, get out 
uh, all this cool stuff. So uh, keep tuning in, keep coming back, and we'll see you next time on Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.